Hey everybody, this is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we're bringing you another episode of the Almighty Podcast, wherein we are covering all things My Hero, and in the absence of the anime, we are absolutely loving Vigilantes. But sadly, our time with Vigilantes is coming all too quickly to an end. Yeah, I mean, we're covering chapters 121, or sorry, 120 and 121 today, uh, which leaves us really with only five chapters left. Yeah, I mean, we're talking two episodes of the AMP, about a month's time left before we are current, which is to say completely finished with Vigilantes, um, barring some unforeseen development um, with these characters. Uh, and that's it's brought a lot of sadness to me and to Adam. And uh, as much as we have tried to avoid the Twitter sphere regarding uh, Vigilantes around the time that that last chapter came out, uh, even circling back around to our account these days, we're seeing a lot of people still being, um, still still mourning, I mean, genuinely mourning the absence of Vigilantes, um, having a Friday roll around, expecting or being accustomed to there being a new episode uh, for us to enjoy, and there being nothing. Uh, so we, we, will, we will be joining you in that mourning process uh, in all too short a time, unfortunately. Yeah, it was funny because I logged into the uh, Shonen Jump app and I'm used to them having the uh, like numbers for the chapters. I guess it would be considered descending because it's like highest to lowest because the chapters were still coming out. And I didn't know that when a series is done, they reverse that. And so all of my stuff was showing like chapter one, two and three. And I was like, oh, man, I remember when we first started this journey. It didn't feel like too long ago. And now we're here. We're at the end. So it's pretty crazy. It but, is you know, crazy. With all things passing, the, the the new season's coming out soon, and like I feel like we've been seeing a lot about that, so that's exciting. Yeah, there. I think there was a new trailer released recently. I, I'm pretty I sure. retweeted a couple of visuals um, this past week. One of them was from Momo from a new volume that recently got printed, I believe. And there was another one that was like pirate-themed and really cool. I couldn't tell you what it was for, but it was neat. Uh, sometimes it's just like I'm on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, that that looks neat boost yeah. you know retweet yeah. uh <laughs> you have no idea you could be like retweeting spoilers and not even have an idea yeah, about yeah it. i really could yeah. be i'm just like it looks cool <laughs> i just i want more people to see it um that's and, funny and, and you know uh, i guess arrogant enough to believe that a, a retweet from our account is going to mean that so many more people see it when that just isn't the case we don't have all that many followers on twitter but we love each and every one of you absolutely absolutely well man i know you've got some exciting news to share you want to you want to share with the crew we got a couple of co kind of cool tidbits to share. Um, I know. I think the primary one is um, for the last episode or two, we have kind of teased a potential collaboration with at Liquid Purple on Twitter. Uh, that has been cemented. It is it is in process. Adam and I uh, kind of spitballed some ideas for a unique, uh, one of a kind digital painting from her. Um, that is going to uh, be ours and that we are going to print on a canvas for one lucky listener. Um, we will announce that listener on our uh, coverage, that uh, the, the AMP episode that covers those last three chapters of Vigilantes. Um, we will uh, draw a name from a pool of names. And if you want to be in that pool of names to win this one-of-a-kind uh, hand digitally painted uh, art um, we're not going to tell you like all the details about it. We will say that the three main characters are all featured on it in some way, shape or form. So you've got Knuckle Duster, Pop and Koichi. Um, that's all that you're getting. So don't don't try to drag anything more out of us. It's an, it's super cool. Both Adam and I have seen kind of the rough draft um, and we're both very excited about it. Would you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty stoked about this one. So what we've decided to do is just make it another quick and easy to enter kind of giveaway. Um, in, in the past, there have been two ways to enter our giveaways. 
but sitting around talking about how we wanted to do this tonight before we started recording, I realized that we actually had a third that we have never, to our knowledge, mentioned on the podcast. So <laughs> your chances of, I guess, having an inroad uh, to being uh, amongst the names from which we will draw the winner increases by uh, by 50% um, because we go from having two to having three. So uh, just like previous contests with us, if you are uh, following us on Twitter, you've got a way to enter. If you are joined up into our Discord, you've got a means of entering. And if you're neither one of those things, if socials just aren't your jam, uh, if you have an email address, then hey, twinsies, because uh, much to our kind of renewed surprise, we have one too um, that we totally forgot about. <laughs> so you can uh, email us at almightypod at gmail.com. Again, almightypod at gmail.com. So here's what you need to do in each of those three spaces, Discord, on the Twitter, um, or uh, through through email. It's just drop us a line uh, and let us know about your favorite moment from all of Vigilantes. Um, and make sure the subject is like, favorite moment so that way we can pick you out of the crowd because we get a lot of crazy spam that would be helpful um if you want to you know get bonus points but not necessarily bonus entries just sometimes we forget things but if you share like an actual panel or a page and you're like this and you draw arrows and stuff or just circle the whole damn thing and you're just like this whole thing uh then <laughs> that would be cool too visuals are always uh catchy to the eye as well so just again email us and let us know uh, tweet at us and let us know, or just ping us in the Discord um, and let us know what what was your favorite moment from Vigilantes, your favorite panel. Um, drop that on us. Your your name will get entered into uh, the contest, and we will draw that literally the day before we record the, that last episode covering Vigilantes, which tentatively, all things being equal and no no shenanigans between now and then, is going to be July twenty sixth. Yeah, which I think uh, we may actually be able to record this one in person. So that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, I might. I, I think I'm going to be in Knoxville for sure the 25th. If you'll have me overnight, then yeah, I don't see why not. We, or we could just record it on the record 25th. On the 25th. And I could not yeah. spend extra time with you. So yeah, yeah, I want you out of here as quick as I can get you out of here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um, if you win, then you'll get a. Um, we're going to print this uh, this 12 by 12 uh, digital painting on a canvas and email it to you. Um, probably I mean, or not email it we're gonna we're gonna ship it to you this again because it's a shipping thing what we'll do is if you want that physical canvas then we can get that to you like we can ship that continental united states no problem if you're out of the country though we will figure out a way to get you the file itself um that way you can do with it what you'd like if uh you know if you'd like to print it for yourself um that would save us and you um a lot of hassle i would suspect is that fair yeah, I think that's pretty fair. All right, so that's news number one. Um, cool, awesome, one-of-a-kind digital painting from uh, our friend at Liquid Purple on Twitter. Uh, second cool piece of news, I guess maybe there's three. I don't know how you would classify these two things, if they're the separate or if they're separate or, you know, the same thing. But June of 2022 is the biggest month that the AMP pod uh, has, the AMP pod, that's redundant, that the Almighty <laughs> Podcast has ever had. Um, it's our biggest month as far as downloads is concerned ever. Um, and again, that's not because we're out there hustling. It's because you guys are out there telling telling people about us. Um, so that, that is us giving you major high fives um, for for just telling folks, just letting people know that we exist because we don't even do that. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It sounds like we got a uh, brand new iTunes review, which is kind of that third piece of information. I think they even mentioned that, like a friend told them about My Hero Academia, and we've got all of you out there telling your friends about us. So it kind of goes hand in hand, like you got to spread the love a little bit. And uh, we really appreciate you helping us out, get the name out there, and leaving iTunes reviews, and telling your friends, and hopping in the Discord, and submitting quirkles, and crazy things like that. Like We've been having fun for years now, and we're stoked to continue having fun. Yeah, speaking of that new iTunes review, it was a kind five stars. It is from somebody whose name I won't even tr- attempt to pronounce. It seems just like like somebody just smashed their fist onto a keyboard. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm sorry if like if that isn't what you did and there's some hidden meaning to this, but I could not make head or tails of it. <laughs> so, but it's a five star. I, I thought we'd take the time to read it because it does. Uh, lead us to addressing something potentially anyway with uh, the podcast and the Discord. So it says this, it's it's just titled Stellar Work. Uh, And this person said, I found this podcast after a friend introduced me to MHA, and now I can't imagine this franchise without these two. Aw. The aw is my interjection. Uh, That's not in the actual review. Uh, It says, they do a great job breaking down each episode, catch stuff I would miss, and have great banter. I also appreciate that they handle adult matters, but in a responsible way. If you watch My Hero Academia, you need to listen to this podcast. The only problem I am having is I cannot seem to get into the Discord, which I'm sure is just a technical glitch. We, we, We think we might have addressed that possibly. After we read this review, we went back to our pinned tweet, which to my knowledge is the only place where you can just easily click a button and supposedly join uh, the BPN's Discord. It might be in some of the old description, like podcast notes, maybe. Oh, that's true. We yeah. might need to update I, that. I, I need to go through and well. script that uh, an update to that hyperlink. Yeah, something that's been yeah. on my to do plate. I just have a huge to do plate. <laughs> I'm basically yeah. at a to do buffet right now. So. Yeah, I gotcha. So, um, <laughs> if you found the link to our Discord on Twitter, that has been updated. If you go to the pinned tweet, it's the pinned tweet part due, uh, and it has an updated uh, URL for joining the BPN's Discord, wherein we are a channel under other podcasts. Um, and then uh, Adam will uh, fiddle with some scripting on the website such that uh, in every future episode of the AMP, starting with this episode 107, if you click on the Discord link, it should be updated. And hopefully that gets you in there because we want you in there, keyboard smasher person. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this person's name. It's got to be sudden okay. fun next to commandant. That is impressive. Yeah, you're welcome. I tried. <laughs> and I know you didn't rehearse it before we started recording because you weren't even aware of this review before no, we I started just, recording. I like Googled iTunes Almighty Podcast to go find the page real quick. So That's yeah. funny. Uh, Do it again. Uh, sudden Fudden X Commandin. <laughs> <laughs> or or it could be Sudden Fudden and X Commandin. It's one of those two. It almost okay. looks like some kind of a crazy Linux command that you would do. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy, but it's awesome. Thank you yeah, for the, the killer awesome. review. Yes, happy, happy to know we're still bringing smile to people's faces. That's always cool. Yeah, we had uh, somebody else join the Discord not that long ago um, and, and kind of jump into the, to the channel. And uh, it's fun. I, I love when we have somebody drop in. Um, cause, so the way that it works on the back patio is when you join, you join... Like there's a notification in the general spoiler free channel um, and everybody who pays any attention, uh, like any consistent attention to uh, the BPN's discord will welcome you. They'll be like, welcome. Here's your discord handle person. Um, And I am typically among them. And usually um, that is a visual cue because my little Abby in discord is my half of our logo where it's like me as Bezawa and Adam is all might. Uh, and so, uh, we, I welcomed somebody and they were like, well, I'm here for the AMP. And I was like, well, scroll down and come talk to us. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, man, updates aside, what do you think we hop into uh, chapters 120 and 121? Let's do it. You made me nervous earlier when you were like 121, and I was like, I didn't read 122, so I hope <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to go back and listen, because it's been, I think, people will probably aware of this because of the last episode we mentioned it. It's been a few weeks since we've talked. Like, uh, I've been busy, you've been busy, we finally got to sit back down last week and record Kyo Cinema, but this is the first week we're recording Almighty Pod in like almost a month, it feels like. It's been a while, and... W- we almost didn't, uh, or we almost pre-recorded this episode too, which would have been way overkill. <laughs> oh yeah, it would have been overkill. Yeah, so I'm glad we didn't. Uh, Give me a chance to reread these chapters. I think I've read them three times now. They're pretty, pretty good chapters. They're snappy, like especially yeah, 120. It moves really, really quickly. It it really does. It absolutely does, and it, it feels like it feeds right into like 121, and it's almost like they could have been one massive chapter. Really, I wonder if mangas ever do that, where they're just like. Let's not break this up into two bits. Let's just smash them together and do a double long, you know, nah. in the next Shonen. Nah, they're not like, like comic books do the annuals, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you get like an annual occasionally that'll be double, like double thick. So you get like 64 pages instead of 32 or something. But as far as I can tell, manga doesn't seem to do anything like that. Well, let's talk about episode 120, which is called Rootin' For You, for reasons that will be immediately apparent um, when we continue our progress here. We pick up with the epic uh, action figure fight, which I think was the title of episode 106 of the AMP. Yeah. Um, it is that metaphorical uh, kind of play between um, Koichi and Six as they have their action figures uh, in our fighting, uh, like at a park. Uh, and that visual persists through this chapter for sure. Sh- or maybe the next one it's, the next it's definitely one. present mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i like that they stuck with that that they didn't just abandon that um that visual metaphor because i really really like it yeah i like the way they handle this too because like that first panel is kind of them as kids and it looks like they're playing and then it goes back into what's happening like irl right now where koichi and six are fighting the city's being being destroyed and then when it switches back over to them being kids again like the sixth character is like smashing little tiny buckets and there's like a little bus and it kind of looks like he's wrecking like a pretend city. But then it goes right back into that next panel where he's actually wrecking a city. And that's where we get the intro where it says like rooting for you. Uh, pretty cool little panels here. And like Koichi's getting taken off guard by a, a massive punch, it looks like. So he's just barely able to kind of activate his powers at that last second to, to take in all that recoil. So geez, this fight has been nuts, hasn't it been? Yeah. and. It feels like it's gone on forever um, just because of the number of issues in which it, it takes place. But like it, it's not like it has gone on forever. We're, we're just seeing this kind of expanded uh, format because of the medium of this fight that, I mean, definitely is taking some significant time. They've got to sure. be like an hour into this excursion, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's epic and it's ongoing. I mean, enough time for them to have like evacuated most of Naruhada and but not enough time that like All Might has shown up yet you know so like you're somewhere between uh those two uh, time stamps you know I still think All Might is inevitably due on the scene so it hasn't been that long that he's managed to show up but it has been long enough for people to have been moved out of the immediate uh, danger zone or so we thought at least before we get into these chapters I would be really shocked if we didn't get some sort of even if it's just like two panels explaining where All Might's been because it feels like this is big enough that he could have been on scene pretty quick I, I agree with you so I, I would expect to see a panel or two just kind of being like hey here's what All Might's been doing <laughs> He's been uh, off battling uh, what, like Japanese folklore, folklore monsters. Churches. Yeah, with, yeah, with Hellboy, basically. It, yeah, and prefectures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's been running around BPRD. That's exactly that's, it. That's got to be what it is, right? 
Yeah. Oh man, I would kind of, I would watch the heck that out of that. To be honest, super dope. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I would read that in a heartbeat. That sounds so cool. It makes you wonder, like, in a world like this where there are quirks, how to does that like retroactively explain folklore? You know, like, do, do quirks have cycles where in the past they existed and then they faded out? Like the the kind of big event we're expecting to happen, or that would be interesting. Oh, so you're saying that like. Like Kappas like, or whatever would have been somebody that like way before Glowing Baby had this quirk, but it yeah. was so rare. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like at this point, there's nothing. It's not like a, any other series where it's been shown that like these kids started out with quirks because they were experimented on or there was a huge radiation blast or there's a chemical that gives you a power. Like it seems spontaneous, right? Which means it could come and go in cycles or it could be more rare back in the day and now it's been kind of bred more into society so who's to say that all those you know folklore tales or all all the uh, uh like stories of the different demons and things like that weren't just people with quirks now my head canon is just there's a family whose quirk is called like yeti or sasquatch and <laughs> they're they're all bigfoot and over the last several generations they've just been like now listen uh, you can be seen in public, but you have to be blurry. You have to and be you're, blurry. You're yeah. allowed for people to take pictures of you, but only at great distances. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what the fact that their hair is like maybe a specific uh, type of hair that creates like a, some sort of magnetism and just messes up cameras. Yeah. Or, or, or they vibrate weirdly yeah okay now we're getting into quirkle which is our fun game if we haven't mentioned it this episode there's a link i'm sure in the description go look at the words from quirkle is that what it's called yeah it's quirkle no yeah. that's our thing uh what, what is the wordle go look at the wordle words for the month and come up with a quirk and tell us about it and we'll tell you or we'll talk about it on air and that process is called quirkle yes yeah it's even confusing to us <laughs> right right yeah but yeah that that's a that's fun to think that like all folklore was just super super odd quirks that manifested briefly and there was no like longevity no sudden rise to 80 percent. but that that somehow that glowing baby was like and suddenly there was everybody have one um yeah interesting fun uh let's get back into episode 120 uh we we catch up with the kind of visage what we've been calling the visage of all for one is he's kind of still overlooking uh, this fight and he's still trying to figure out what in the world's going on because both six and Koichi have far exceeded what he perceived to be their capacities, their limits, especially with regards to their quirks. Um, And so he's asking this question at the bottom of this page, where does their energy um, spring from? Where are their respective, what are their respective quirks tapping into? Nothing visible yet that I can comprehend some unknown frontier beyond the shining light, the domain beyond the singularity. And he wonders out uh, to himself, I don't know, maybe out loud, maybe he's a self-talker. How does one arrive there? And so he's, he's still very much, I think I called him like a really good prototyper at one point. He studies, right? He, he sets these pieces into motion. He sits back and he takes notes and those notes affect the next iteration of whatever it is he's going to do. Um, and so whatever information we know because of the timeline um, of Vigilantes versus My Hero Proper, whatever information he's gleaning from this fight has gone on to inform the experiments that he would have in the future involving uh, Nomu and... Um, Shigaraki. Uh, yeah, even. Shigaraki, Kurogiri, um, maybe even some other people that we're not aware of yet. Um, but yeah, like he's 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 seeing something, he's learning something here 
that is going to put him in a position, a very scary and powerful position in the future. And that's kind of cool to always see that that little bit of like behind the scenes ish kind of material in in these prequel series like that. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think this is kind of the fruition of him uh, getting to a point where he knows to push people to expand their quirks. Like the way that he treats Shigaraki and the way he pushed him into going out and murdering people and saying like, you know, have your way, do what you want. Like you are the one that's in control here. We know now that he's likely watched this battle and he's seen two people with quirks just continuously push the limits. So what else can he get pushed like that with Shigaraki early on? Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, and it makes me wonder too, like, obviously we're only anime current, so I'm sure there's some things in the manga that, I mean, I know that there are some things in the manga that we're unaware of, but I wonder if if All for One takes from this particular study or experiment the concept of maybe when I want to pull my next pawn back, I won't, and just see what he does, see what his next evolution is. Um, Because you remember early on, like, when Six left the hospital, Alpha One was like, we got to go. Um, and because he couldn't, um, in this case, he couldn't because Six was um, a little stubborn and fixated. He couldn't remove this piece from the playing field, even though his recommendation was to do so, to preserve what he had invested in Six, presumably. Um, I wonder if there's a moment in the, in the future of uh, MHA proper where he he's going to have that same kind of reflex towards what he's got invested in Shigaraki and then just decides, you know what, just just go do what you want, man. Go be you and and see how uh, if Shigaraki evolves, that would be kind of neat to see that paralleled in MHA proper. It would be. Yeah. And, you know, I know we like we're talking about my hero proper at the moment, but if I really am starting to think that, like, the more and more we see of of him here in this series like, I don't think he's he's going to use Shigaraki the way we're expecting. I feel like he's got something planned for him. And I, I don't necessarily know what it is, but I think he's prepping him for something bigger that like we're just not aware of yet. So I'm, I can't wait to get back into to My Hero proper and kind of see how this next season plans out. You think he's got something bigger than what in mind for Shigaraki, though? Like, I think what we've been exposed to has just been that, like, he's unleashed Shigaraki on the world. He's created this really kind of monstrous, powerful individual that just wants, like, death and vengeance against, like, the world, right? He just wants to burn the whole place down. But I kind of get the feeling that maybe he is using Shigaraki to, like, almost like a pawn. Like, he's putting a pawn in play. He's still the one in control, even if Shigaraki thinks Shigaraki's in control. All for one knew exactly how Shigaraki is going to react to all of these scenarios. I think he's lining something up way bigger. Like, I mean, right now with where we're at, one for all is, is, or sorry, all for one is in prison. Uh, what is it called? Tartarus, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it sounds like Shigaraki just became this massive, like, leader of this huge army. I just feel like he's going to use that army to bust him out of Tartarus or like, I don't know, he's going to use Shigaraki in a way that we're not expecting. And like I said, I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but hell, he could even potentially take Shigaraki over. I mean, it sounds like he was able to kind of control Six to some extent, like this visage. We don't really know how this is working. Does he have like, I'm going to use the word tentacles in into Six's brain. And if he does here, then he definitely does in Shigaraki. How do we know that he's not just prepping him, like getting him into a position that all for one once, and then he'll just take Shigaraki over, and then who we know is Shigaraki, that individual will die effectively, or become like a, a, a subconscious of all for one. I mean, there's the possibilities are endless with quirks, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I I think I've said before on the podcast that a, a breakout from Tartarus is an inevitability. Oh, it there, has to be. Yeah. All for one's not going to ride out all of my hero behind bars. Um, I would also suspect too, and I don't think I've ever said this, but just listening to you talk, I don't foresee it to be the case that all for one and Shigaraki don't themselves come into some sort of conflict. Um, that all for one is just going to be content with Shigaraki being the the guy at the end of whatever it is, um, that all for one's gonna, that there's gonna be some sort of power play totally, tension yeah. between the two of them at some point. Well, they're parallels of All Might and and Deku, right? And like with All Might, it was very much, I don't want to give up this power, but I know I have to. With All for One, it's very much so like, I'm gonna give you a bunch of power. Let's see if you can handle it. And if you can't, I'll totally take that reign back over. Like, I don't think All for One's the kind of guy to just give up power and let the next generation succeed. He wants to maintain it. That's why he is still around after all of these generations, right? Like, he doesn't want someone else running the scene. He wants to do it. That's why I'm kind of starting to think Shigaraki's more of a pawn than we thought he was. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I have no idea how close we are to any of Me what either. we're projecting. <laughs> yeah, but you know, someone I think in the Discord mentioned the other day that like early on we guessed a bunch of stuff that we've not even seen yet. So I'm like, oh man, what do we what do we guess? <laughs> I know that was so such a tantalizing tease. I want I so desperately to know what we got right because part of me just doesn't believe that. <laughs> right? I know. I'm like, there's no way because I know I've come up with some ridiculous stuff, and you're you're probably more on point than I am because I I get a little wild. But yeah, I really want to know what we got. Well, I didn't, I mean, I didn't want to say this, but yeah, I suspect when that person was like, you guys have gotten a lot of things right, that what they really meant was Mike, Mike got some things right from <laughs> yep. time to time, but all of Adam's cockamamie scars make you automatically evil and everybody's related theories are just garbage. Yeah. That's kind of the way I read but they it were, too. They were just kinder than I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Subtext is there. <laughs> yeah. We're getting Anyways, back into yeah. 120. Um, right after All for One asked that question about how does one arrive at this place beyond the singularity, uh, he his like monologue or his thought process is interrupted by Knuckle Duster uh, in a very interesting question way. Question mark? Yeah, because like he looks behind him to address Knuckle Duster, who appears to have made a comment that uh, a scumbag collector like you would never get it referencing finding out you know what where that power comes from but then when all for one turns around there's like what dust there smoke yeah which this kind of lends more towards my idea i think we discussed a couple of episodes ago that knuckle duster has passed on in the previous visions that we've been seeing of him is some kind of a spirit that is visiting things although i think that could be a little far-fetched but that would at least kind of explain what we're seeing here I don't know this. When I read this panel, I I actually thought, dang, Adam might have been right. Actually, oh wow! <laughs> so as much crap as I'm giving you for the Phew. scars and the relationship theories that you've had, when when Knuckle Duster shows up and is heard or experienced by all for one, I was like, hot dang, he might have been right. Man, I've got this recorded, folks. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> but yeah, and I wonder too then if his sudden disappearance is like the moment that. I uh, maybe he comes comes back too, in in whatever this like spirity ghost form is dissipated at that at that particular time because it didn't seem like a terribly opportune time for him to just drop this one sentence and then boot uh, like bamf out of there. Yeah, I know it was very weird, and this doesn't get addressed in one twenty one either. So like mm -hmm. we've not caught back up with all for one. We don't know what's happening there. Uh, but no, we, we haven't seen Knuckle Duster since he was he wasn't responding to Soga's like calling to him and he was like kind of slumped forward on the roof yeah and then we kind of saw like a 
I called it a spirit. I think you said it was part of Koichi's mind, uh, basically like co- co- convincing Koichi to wake up, come back from the dark, you know, and like continue on. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but we get thrusted right back into the action because the next thing we see is Koichi like blowing Six's arm off basically with one of these new punch moves that he's come up with. And it seems like he did take out a good chunk, but then all of a sudden from below comes that arm again. And it's like really shocks Koichi actually. He thinks he took it out and he sees that the arm reattached. So his punches are, it's not that they're not effective, but it seems like Six is starting to heal much, much faster. And uh, he actually ends up getting slapped. Like, it's like a full-on clap attack, basically. Like, Six just claps Koichi between his hands. Koichi starts to fall, and he's saying, like, man, I, I just lost focus for a second there, and this damage is hitting me all at once. And you can tell that, I mean, he's he's pretty banged up here. And This zoom-in we get, it looks like he's missing some teeth. Uh, but all the people below that we saw running earlier away in a few chapters ago from the Naruhata, like, lockdown area... Me, you, and all of the other folks from the Naruhata Fest, the X-Men, they're all down there, like, cheering them on. Like, hey, Koichi, you've got this. Like, get the job done, you know? Keep your head in the game, Crawler. It's it's really endearing. Like, we get a few panels here of them just com- completely rooting him on. Yeah, it's a full page um, of them cheering him on, all of his friends from the Naruhata Fest stuff, um, who left the safety of the Cat Cafe, um, you know, against the better advice of some others. Uh, but they seem to have shown up on the scene at just the right time. They, it's like it's like bardic inspiration in this chapter and the next. Um, oh yeah, that's a good way for it. for Koichi uh, because he's he seems pretty banged up, especially after this what you called a clap attack. And uh, after hearing their cheers, he he kind of makes this this extra effort um, and reaches out and places his palm on the side of a building that he's nearby and uses his quirk to try to arrest his fall. He's unsuccessful. I'm sure that he managed to slow uh, his body's descent down so that he wasn't at like terminal velocity when he hit the the roof below him because uh, it still looks real bad Ooh, when he hits. It does. Like it looks like his, his shoulder is like going into his face. His whole face is just misconstrued and his hip has got to be shattered. Yeah. And then he, he looks down and, and he sees the whole gang as he calls them. And then there's some other standers by um, some some strangers some who are. Yeah. Extras. There you go. That's <laughs> a very Bakugo term. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're they're shocked that that they're seeing the crawler at all. Now, the Naruhata gang, they knew that Koichi was out there fighting this particular battle. Um, but these guys are seeing crawler in this situation for the first time, fully expecting it uh, to have involved some real uh pro heroes and being shocked that it's the cruller um who are who's out here in the midst fighting this giant flaming kaiju dude yeah koichi's actually trying to tell them like hey like you guys got to get out of here like forget the cheer squad act like you need to get away you people are in danger and as he's saying that we start to see a building crumble and it looks like it's going to fall on this this small crowd that Koichi doesn't necessarily recognize but right before it crushes the crowd we see some folks hop in they're able to uh, save everybody, and it is the uh, Naruhata brothers. They've like transformed into their little cricket gear uh, or grasshopper gear. Not Naruhata gear. brothers. Not the Naruhata brothers, just the Hata brothers, my bad. Yeah, the Hata bros. Yeah, yeah the Hata bros. Uh, but they are all checked up, or they're all decked out in their gear, and uh, they're saving the people, and they're like, hey, we're, you know, we're here to bring you a luxurious spot where you can chill with cute kitties. Yeah, and they've got, so it's the Hata bros who have transformed into their uh, like common rider forms, 
and then you also have Kamayan, and you've got uh, Takobe Ikajiro Takobe. Is that what his name is? The pretty sure. Uh, kissy like the, the handsome Squidward like, dude. Yeah, he's kind of like faceless almost. Yeah, and then Teruo, the eel man, is all the way in the background. So it's like the entire staff of the Cat Cafe, um, and they're they're basically just trying to get these these folks back out of the danger zone. As because Koichi is kind of shocked to see these people anyway. He realizes that during um, the this newest iteration of the fight that they seem to have drifted. So he's at a place in Naruhado that he didn't expect them to be, uh, but the. The Hara Bros are putting in the work and trying to get people back to safety, and they actually recruit uh, Zamasu and Namimaru, the two X-Men folks, to help escort folks. Um, and, like, you know, the the Cyclops equivalent has a great way of doing so, right? Um, we actually saw this in the... Uh, was it the uh, the licensing exam in My Hero Proper, where uh, Aoyama does a similar thing to... uses his, uh, like, laser, his belly laser to be like a beacon for the rest of class 1A. I think that was uh, when it, we saw that. Yeah, that sounds right. So uh, he's doing that. He's just blasting his optics up into the air. Uh, and then you've got the other one, the poor the kind of wolverine dude whose quirk is that he can produce wooden swords from his wrists and he's using them. I guess like air traffic controlling cones was the, the best like equivalent I could think of that he was trying to accomplish with these. I wish he was threatening them though. That would have been more wolverine Well, I, when I was thinking about this too, like, that's a it, we've we've been on record like his quirk isn't great, um, but then at the same time like there's a whole like martial arts I want to say it's called kendo or something yeah, like that where you use where wooden the, swords yeah and those things like I wouldn't want to get smacked with one no so no. you know maybe for the first time ever when I was thinking about this panel I was like you know what maybe not so bad a quirk after all I mean I get that like in many RPGs your first weapon is like a wooden sword uh, and you quickly upgrade the heck out of that because what are you gonna do with a wooden sword. But, like, have you ever been hit with one? I yeah. bet it's unpleasant. Yeah, no joke. I mean, like, it doesn't have to slice through you to kill you. You know, like, one good solid hit to the temple with a wooden sword, you're down. Yeah. Uh, so they're all getting escorted back. Um, and, of course, the Hata Bros are also kind of telling Crawler, like, dude, you need to you need to do your part, too, and keep them away from our shop. Because it's already <laughs> been busted up one time. That's enough for a lifetime. Listen, we're not, we don't have that kind of insurance is basically what they're saying. I dig it. That's so funny. Uh, the, uh, the press shows up uh, with a megaphone and is shouting towards people that they need to run for their lives. From and, a helicopter. And evacuate. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, like, I don't know. Um, maybe that works. I don't, I don't know. I've never tried to use a megaphone from a helicopter, but I do know that that helicopter is super loud. Uh, but you know, they're just like, you need to get out of here. There's a cool aerial shot of six, uh, in his newest form, like towering over this giant, he's just standing in the middle of an inferno. Um, it's hard to tell in this overhead shot where exactly, uh, the crawler and crew are. Um, but it's safe to say that six is facing them. I think that that's a relatively safe assumption to make. Yeah. Cause it based off this one panel, it almost looks like he's got like four or five blocks on fire. So it's like, okay, well, if that's where he's at, then where are they? Because they shouldn't just be standing there at the base, but yeah, this, uh, it looks like he's causing massive amounts of damage, uh, but it sounds like he is able to pick up on that helicopter before he's been ignoring them. Like, I don't think he's even paid any attention to the helicopters in the, the previous chapters. But for whatever reason, this time around, it seems to catch his attention. And Koichi realizes pretty quickly that that's what's happening. Like he he recognized the helicopters. He's going to attack it. And he sure does. Knocks the reporter out. Um, the helicopter's on fire. So Koichi takes off to try to save them. But they're just too far away. There's no way he's going to make it in time. And right at the last second, we have some people come in clutch. 
Yeah, what we see, the first hint that some other heroes are on the scene is that the megaphone looks like it's being wrapped up with a, a very thin thread, which is like a strange move, too. But I, I mean, like, initially I was like, why in the world would they go through the trouble of saving this megaphone? Um, but the obvious answer is answered on the next panel. It's because they plan to use it themselves. But at first I was like, bro, like, people first, then the <laughs> microphone later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not the order it's presented in. But I'm sure Best Genist, who is performing uh, this particular, uh, you know, saving trick, is able to do both simultaneously. But this woman, the reporter is following, and then all of a sudden she says, ah, my clothes. But it's not that kind of anime, so he's he's basically just using like, well, this isn't an anime at all, Rip. Uh, this is just manga. <laughs> um, but he's basically just using like I guess the backs um, of like her outer layers, like her jacket um, as spiders webbing uh, her and the other two people that were ejected from the helicopter. Uh, so presumably like a cameraman and the pilot, I guess. Yeah, good day uh, to wear like dangling. a full suit. Huh? I said good day to wear a full suit. Imagine, yeah, imagine yeah. if they had just been like in shorts and a tank top, like <laughs> best genius wouldn't have been able to save them then maybe, or they'd be nude. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, nude beats being dead in most situations, that's I would fair. guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So <laughs> maybe not in every situation, but in most, I would guess. Uh, and best genius is uh, doing his own bardic inspiration for the people around them. Um, saying that uh, ultimately the end of his speech is, uh, I urge you all to take heart as the thread of hope remains intact because you know that man loves his puns uh, because this town still has its heroes and we're left uh, at the end of 120 with a cool panel featuring uh, Ingenium and Edshot, Best Genist, and Aizawa all uh, over uh, kind of like a, a split up panel of the, the four of them uh, being on the scene, which was a super cool way to end a chapter. It was a really cool way to end a chapter. And, and what's interesting too with this is the fact that like my hero proper has these characters alive. Well, I guess best genus at this point is questionable, <laughs> but the other ones we know they're alive for sure. So we know they didn't die a couple chapters ago when there was that weird ominous scene where like, I think Ingenium's helmet was cracked and like best right. genus was, I don't know, there was some weird thing, too, with, like, wooden sticks wooden, with yeah. kimonos on them or something. But yeah. regardless, like, we knew that the heroes were still alive. But can you imagine having read that and not having my hero proper? Like, just th the fact that Six could have killed these heroes, like, that would easily have been possible. Uh, so ha having them come back was pretty big, I feel like. That reminds me. I did, like, a little survey on Twitter, on the AMP's Twitter, not too long ago, um, and just asked a fairly simple question, which was... All right, if you're if you're into my hero at all, like what is your what what is your exposure level? Are you my hero proper only or are you my hero proper and also vigilantes? Um and then I also was like and if you're just vigilantes, like that would be interesting to know as well. And the poll was like two it was like 2 to 1. Like two thirds of the people um were were doing MHA and Vigilantes and one third, 34% were My Hero Academia, but not Vigilantes. And I thought that that was kind of fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. I wonder if people feel like they don't have access to Vigilantes because it's maybe it's not animated, so they're not interested. You know what I mean? Or if it's uh, just the fact that it's not My Hero proper. Like, they may just have no interest in Vigilantes at all, uh, which is a shame because it's been really, really good at times, even better than My Hero proper, I think we've agreed on. 
Yeah, um, I actually asked for some the hottest hot takes for my hero Academia Vigilantes this week on the Twitter, and a lot of people were saying that exact thing. They were just like, "It's it's the best my hero content out there." Um, I was just I was really surprised that fully like a third of the people that um, are familiar with the franchise at all have done so at the exclusion of Vigilantes, like yeah. that they've, especially like, I don't know. I mean, especially when you have that inroad baked into my hero proper with the Shirakumo stuff, like, why wouldn't you be like, I, I might want to go read that. Um, I just don't know how you avoid it. Um, well, or, to be fair, or why that you go just entirely circumvent it. To be fair, there was nothing in that episode that screamed, go read Vigilantes. Like, it would have been really cool if at the end of that episode where they talk about the Shirakumo, there could have been a splash that was just like, if you enjoyed this episode, go check out Vigilantes for more. You know, like, it's it's a little bit of a long haul, but it's totally worth it once you get there. I, th- I vaguely recall us saying something similar to that when we were recording that um, that particular content in the anime. That, like, at some point, in either in the anime or the manga, a simple, like, go and read this full and very important backstory yeah. uh, in My Hero Academia Vigilantes. And I don't think that they did that, like put a little asterisk next to something like Marvel sometimes does. And they point at like, you know, go and read Incredible Hulk numbers 26 through 27, uh, you know, to get the context for this, this thing that just happened. Uh, I don't recall them doing that. So yeah, I, I, I bear that frustration out too. Yeah. Well, let's hop into 121. Uh, We don't get a name here for at least the first panel, but it is just titled Reinforcements. And the opening is pretty much uh, exactly where we left off from last time. It's Bestian is standing up on top of this building, telling all of the citizens like, hey, calm down, evacuate the area. Uh, It seems like we are also kind of in contact with potentially, I'm going to call it like a uh, emergency center. It looks like there are folks that have like these headsets on and they're talking about having made contact with hero teams. They've got backup coming. Uh, and it sounds like someone is talking to best genus. I would assume that it's Koichi and he's kind of checking out on him. Like, Hey, you okay? Like you're, you're looking uh, kind of afraid. And he just says, your concern is unwarranted. Uh, distressed denim is a warrior style, which I kind of like, I thought that was funny. Not Koichi. I think it's just some 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 somebody. rando down on the ground. Gotcha. But yeah, Best Genius made the joke before I could, like as I was turning the page. I was like, man, people pay good money for those distressed, like <laughs> right. tore up jeans these days. So he's rocking the current fashion and somebody's somebody has the audacity to be like, are you OK? You're looking tore up. And I'm like, yeah, he paid top dollar for those holes in his knees, son. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, the, the the heroes are on the scene. They start executing uh, all sorts of different roles. Ed shot. His role has got to, like, when he says, he, he goes up and he does his little kite thing where he's kind of floating above the scene, and he's talking to Ingenium at the at the least, and he says, I'm in position overhead, I shall report on the giant villain's every move, and I would have been, I, can you imagine how annoying that would be if he took that, like, literally? He's like, okay, he put he puts his left foot forward, now his right, and now he scratches his lower back, he must have had a niche, and, you know, like, yeah. if he... Did <laughs> you watch, literally uh, reported on every move? Adam Sandler has a new movie out on Netflix. I say new. I think it's like three years old at this point. It's called Hubie Halloween. Have you watched it? Yes. That this is exactly what that reminded me of for some reason. <laughs> well, the yeah. So Ingenium is out and he's going to uh, him and his team. Remember, he's got a bunch of sidekicks. Uh, the most of any pro hero. Do, am yeah, I recalling yeah, that that's right. right. Um, so they, uh, he's, he's going to help evacuate citizens. Um, he actually has some members of his team checking in with Naru Hata residents. It looks like the Hata bros actually. Um, so the cat cafe staff, um, to make sure that their maps are as accurate as possible. And this gives Koichi some hope. He's like, he'd, he'd reached his, his finish line, right? Like 
from the moment he engaged really with Six on the outside of the hospital, I feel like from that point on or very shortly thereafter, his stated goal was, I'm going to I'm gonna keep this guy busy until the pros get here. And so now he's got pros on the scene and he feels like he might can start to relax. Yeah, and he's like falling for some reason. I don't know if he was, I guess he was going to save people. That was what it was. He was flying in the last chapter to go and try and right. save the people uh, from the helicopter crash. And now he is falling. And out of nowhere, he kind of gets like jerked to by Aizawa. He is uh, wrapped up. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I was always just like, hey, eyes on the prize. Like, I've braced your banged up limbs, but that's relief only temporarily. And he says, remember how I told you that you might break some bones if you kept meddling like this? Well, you've got guts proving me right. And it's this kind of really cool panel here where he's just like almost admiring Koichi and like, man, you did good. Like, you did good, kid, you know? Yeah, I really like this moment from Aizawa, especially because the top panel um, where he's in the midst of saying, remember when you told or when I told you this, that he looks super scary, like he's going to chastise. Yeah. And instead, um, when he pulls his scarf and goggles down, he's got a very rare Aizawa grin. Um, and he he does. I think that he sees some some pride, maybe some surprise, um, definitely a, a, a big heaping measure of respect. And he explains to Koichi that Six definitely still seems to be after him, so he's going to have to be bait for a little while longer, which is probably one of the last things that Koichi cared to hear right in that moment. I don't know that he's even coherent enough to really put two and two together, though. Like, Koichi's been banged around pretty bad, and he's got to be, be... He has to have, like, no blood left. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that he has a secondary quirk that just replenishes his blood, because <laughs> he should have been bled out, like, <laughs> 30 minutes ago, it seems like. Or it's like, uh, you know, when he got clapped in the uh, previous chapter, yeah. that you ever like watched a movie where somebody throws a grenade and when it goes off, you hear that like high pitched squee yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. That, that, that's con the continued ringing in his ear just from that clap. Yeah. Yeah. That could be what it is. <laughs> well, uh, Aizawa tells him not to worry. Like he's going to be there for backup. And uh, he says, you know, too bad for us, but nobody's here to get a or has a quirk that can take him down for good. So they're trying to get in some backup from somebody that can take down six all at once, basically. And uh, at first, Koichi kind of questions Aizawa like on his quirk, like, oh, why can't you just use your quirk? And he explains that because of how bright the glow coming off six is, the proper visual confirmation that I guess Aizawa needs won't function, which I feel like just continues to kind of uh, add to the weirdness around his quirk and vigilantes. Yeah, a bit. But I think it's been more consistent lately. Um like we we've we can go back and and talk about some inconsistencies and every time we do I think well the new inconsistency is more is consistent now yeah at least from our perspective inconsistencies yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do like too though like remember what I just said the last thing Koichi wanted to hear was like you have to be bait um after right after kind of coming to this realization that the thing he was hoping for had actually arrived after both of those things Aizawa then says try not to die until the cavalry shows up it's like I thought so you that were finish the line cavalry. that Koichi yeah, could the finish line Koichi thought he had reached, Aizawa's like, nah, hun, we ain't there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they just caught up to Koichi and he passed off the baton, but he's not allowed to let go. Like they're all running yeah, to the finish right, line right. together. It's going to be nuts, yeah. Uh, and then the next panel introduces uh, present Mike. He is with Sensoji and he's like, hey, yeah, giddy up, man. Like it's uh, time to get in there. And Sensoji's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say upset, but he's definitely like, bro, chill. Like pipe, de pipe down, you got to take it easy. And uh, he tells him if he doesn't, he's going to basically kick him off. And the only reason he's there is because he's buddies with Aizawa. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah. they're on their way to try and take care of Six, uh, who is just absolutely trying to kill Koichi. Like, he's got fists going at him. He's wrecking everything around him. Aizawa and Koichi are both trying to 
stay afloat, really. I mean, uh, Koichi's still getting off some awesome shooting blams here. Yeah, and he he's kind of being whipped around by Aizawa, literally like a worm on a on a on a like a fishing line. Yeah. But it's it's not that Aizawa is baiting so much as saving Koichi because Koichi is about to get pounded by another fist. And then in comes Aizawa's uh, wraps to move him out of the way just in time. It's a little like fly um, fishing with Koichi. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how you could construe it, you know, but Aizawa's not that much of an asshole. Um, <laughs> at least he's not being that one right now. Uh, he's actually trying his best to keep Koichi alive uh, and not doing anything extra, though I would not be surprised, of course, to find that he was also at the same time uh, using Koichi to steer number six, um, yeah. you know, pulling Koichi in specific directions, trying to lead him uh, away from some things or towards another. Well, I think you're right. Uh, I think he's probably trying to lead him away from people because the next few panels that we kind of get treated to are like the crowds stopping to observe Koichi. Like they're all kind of starting to realize that that's the crawler up there. Like that's their friendly neighborhood crawler, you know, and he's fighting a huge big baddie and they're all kind of freaking out about it. And we see Ingenium telling people like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta leave the area. You gotta stay back. Like you're going to get hurt. And you know, it seems like they're not even recognizing that they're like literally pro heroes here. And we get this double page panel. That's really cool where we see folks that we've seen from all over, you know, from the beginning of the series up till now, we see like the train villain, that the puppy dog, car villain guy like i think there's like a duck and a little winnie the pooh that we've seen before so we kind of get treated to to seeing all of the naruhata residents that that we've seen for the last gosh 120 chapters uh and koichi mid-air like being dragged around by azawa firing off shootigo blams and like really just their hero like the people's hero are, yep. is up there fighting for them but it's yeah. it's getting in the way of the the work because all these people are standing around watching like in immediate danger because of it. Yeah, I love that you pointed out that they see their hero, Naruhada's hero, even at the exclusion of Aizawa, who also has worked Naruhada for a long time. Because they, like, Aizawa's up there with Koichi on the end of one of his binding ropes, and somebody down on the ground is going, who's the other one dressed in all black? Like, they don't even recognize Aizawa, yeah. uh, who's standing neck like in the shadow basically of Koichi and Naruhata. And a lot of these uh, people that we see on this two page spread were actually people that Koichi was set against at some time or another, the two train looking dudes, there's the penguin guy who was kicking a soccer ball. Um, you also have like the rhino and the horseman. Yep. Uh, like a lot of these guys were people that Koichi ended up um, uh, in, in opposition to earlier that are now uh, cheering for him. Uh, most of them, of course, are still calling him crawler. Um, but there are some down on the ground who do, uh, call him by his proper name. Yeah, the crawler. Man, it's so cool to see where Koichi has gone from where he started, you know? Aizawa sees a problem with all of this, though. Yeah, Aizawa's just like, well, aren't you super popular? And at first, Koichi kind of is like, oh, shucks, thanks, man. And then he goes into it with like, well, that wasn't a compliment. Like, it's making them evacuate slower, and it's probably riling him up. And the tone of this chapter changes, and the main character shifts very quickly to six. And we get flashed back to kind of that like uh, analogy of him being a little kid and like kind of being the outsider and seeing Koichi being cheered on and being celebrated while he's left kind of behind in the dust. And the whole six figure, the monster that six has become in real life stops. And it's like he slumps over and we get this internal monologue. He says, you know, my dream. 
And, and he says, everything I wanted for myself, all that I wanted to become, it's all happening for you. And it's like this almost triggers that next form, like a one last ditch effort or, or just sends him over the edge. And that skull starts to, to scream and like electricity is coming out of it. And, you know, I feel like this would be a really awesome animated scene. Like, I, I can't wait. One day this has got to be animated. I'm sure it will be. And I cannot wait to see it. Yeah. And in these this metaphorical like playground um, imagery really make, I mean, I think we've been fairly sympathetic towards six for a while now. Um, but these, these kind of images really drive that home. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think we've really come to the understanding that like six is a victim in his own right. Yeah, definitely. And, and so he explodes in this new, uh, new form question mark. It's kind of like when you get a mogwai wet and those little like hairballs <laughs> yeah, shoot yeah. off of them. Um, only these aren't hairy. They're just, plasma balls i guess um koichi thinks that he's blown up but aizawa sees that that hasn't happened yet instead what he's done is spawn a bunch of these little plasma minions um and that they are kind of like the bomber villains that they that that gave their existences to create the big plasma being that is now six uh they are kind of running in all directions and blowing up on contact um with all that were shown as buildings but you know civilian casualties are an unfortunate thing and i can't um, in situations like this i can't quite tell because they don't really pan back over to what i would consider like sixes true form there all we see are these little mini sixes so i don't like do you think he's dissolved that monstrous form or i don't know i mean it's the the visual the the clearest visual that we get of what happens is the one where it looks like the little balls are shooting out of the like the, the giant plasma body. form yeah and then they're kind now, of like recoalescing to form little like miniature sixes yeah, now I I mean, I could I wouldn't be like upset or shocked or offended if he was reduced down to these little things, but it also doesn't seem that would be kind of like anticlimactic thing to do. Yeah, because yeah. it feels like if at that point he couldn't like reform, uh, that would just be too much. Like he's done it too many times. This energy has to run out at some point. So, yeah. Although, I don't know, there it would be kind of like, I don't know, literally speaking, him f- literally falling to pieces. Um, after that, that revelation, um, of Koichi getting and having it and being everything that he ever wanted, maybe uh, would, that would be interesting. I don't like it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that that's what's going on. Yeah. See, the um, way that I kind of interpreted this was him realizing like, oh crap, everyone's celebrating Koichi. That's not what I want. So Koichi doesn't get to have it either. I'll kill all these people. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, the Buster Union folks who were coming on the scene, presumably like they're, they say that they're their specialty is concentrated firepower against a single villain. So I guess they had been called in. Maybe the either the, the news was shared that he has this glaring weak spot or, you know, just Buster Union has eyes or anybody that saw six, uh, you know, this new form had eyes and was like that that one spot. That's what we need to hit. So Buster Union's supposedly specialized for that. But they're just a bunch of gun dudes. So like when he breaks up into these little pieces, I don't know why they seem like they've been entirely neutralized. Yeah, because they act as if like, oh, well, our specialty is concentrated firepower. So we can't handle this. It's out of our wheelhouse. But but what blows my mind, and I feel like this is a bit of a like snafu here. If if the whole point was we need someone with concentrated firepower, why did they not immediately call All Might? Well, I think that that like i said i think that that's an inevitability surely somebody has done so um it just seems weird that there was 
time for them to make the call to this backup and this backup to get here before like i guess in the grand scheme of things you don't necessarily escalate to like your highest engineer in a technical world like you have to go through the help desk and then tier one and then tier two <laughs> right, and right. engineering so like that's what's happening here but from a from a reader's perspective, I'm just like they would have hit All Might. There's no way he wouldn't have known about this at this point. This is my biggest complaint about this whole arc is that like All Might would have been here really really quickly. Like we get treated to this next scene here where basically the the person that was talking to Buster Unions is Endeavor, and he's like, oh, it's my time. It's time for Endeavor to take charge here. And it's like, no, it's not Endeavor. Sit down and shut up. All Might would have been here two <laughs> hours ago. I don't care what you think. <laughs> I do think that the the entire like purpose of that line about your, you know, this isn't your specialty is just to kind of draw this distinction between a group of people attacking one villain versus one dude attacking multiple villains, kind of like, uh, you know, a single target versus an AOE, um, which is what they're kind of gesturing towards like, ta-da, this guy can do that thing that you can't do. Um, I guess. With, but with Endeavor dropping when in. When I think of Endeavor, I still think of like concentrated firepower. I mean, sure, he can split it up just as easily, but so could they have. They could have each taken like, you know, I'll take the first 15 and you take the next 15. So I, right. it just seems silly, but I don't, I don't, dislike it either right like this is getting very uh i'm going to use the word grandiose i don't know if that's the right right uh, word i want to use here but like endeavors here now that's freaking cool like i can't wait to see how he takes six out well, we know it'll be all might maybe but like it's continuing that escalation and i like that yeah it's almost they called in fire to fight fire a little bit i yeah. guess with endeavor and you know what's funny is i think i've always kind of thought of six as more like electrical fire and and endeavor is like straight up fire so it'll be kind of interesting to see how those two kind of you know fight it off i guess yeah i'm uh it's it's real good it's just it's just real good i mean i i'm glad that we're you know not taking a break from the AMP and haven't <laughs> right. um, at least not, not in years. I think there was a time that we skipped a week at one point, but um, it never happened. You can't prove it. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, man, it is, it is all, it, all of this is a big bow on the end of the entire vigilantes, everything. Totally. And it's, it's going to be a really, really big and very pretty bow. And I can't wait to finish it Me either. I mean, I, I look forward to finishing it, but I also don't, again, it's one of those like bittersweet deals. I get that. I get that. Uh, but I'm I'm just excited to see how it ends. Like I I think it's cool that we get an end for this. You know, with my hero proper, we know that there eventually will be an end, but it's not in sight. It doesn't sound like for at least another year. So just knowing this is wrapped up, we get to finish it. Like there is completion, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think I've been on that that side of the the debate aisle forever when when it came to MHA. I think in one of our earliest episodes, I was like, I like the fact that. Hori Koshi has come out and said, I know how this is going to end. Um, because that, that I, I enjoy that on principle. I like that direction, that, um, that, that clear, concise, definitive end is something that I think has a tremendous amount of value, um, where it will ultimately, though not every time, result in a tighter story where you don't end up dragging things out for, for far too long. Um, so I've appreciated that about Horikoshi's work. And then, you know, of course, in Vigilantes, this isn't Horikoshi's handiwork directly. Um, obviously, it's, you know, at minimum based off of uh, Horikoshi's work. Uh, but this is uh, Betancourt and uh, Furuhashi uh, doing doing this work. And they, they've they reached their finitude. Um, and so, again, like, because I enjoy that principle, 
uh, it's easily applied to vigilantes. Um, seeing the value in having a finished story uh, is is always kind of nice. Totally. Absolutely. Well, I think this will wrap us up for 120 and 121. Catch us in two weeks for 122 and 123, ever closer to the finale. And if you're interested, uh, check out Kyo Cinema. We've been following the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and about to be getting into the Dragon Ball Super movies. Uh, we are getting pretty close into that. I think we only have like one more Z movie and then like a GT movie. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, it looks like Wrath of the Dragon is what you will be listening to next week if you're catching Kyo Cinema. So check it out. Absolutely. And don't forget about the contest to win the one-of-a-kind uh, art from Liquid Purple. And again, just a reminder of how that works. All you got to do is email us, almightypod at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us uh, a tweet on the Twitters um, or drop us, you know, drop in on the Discord channel and just let us know what was your favorite part of Vigilantes. Share a panel or a page um, or an entire volume. Like, don't send us Every, you know, you know, scans of the entire volume, but you could just be like, I loved this volume the most and tell us why. Um, and we will enter your, uh, your handle or your name into the drawing and we will draw that name and announce that winner when we record our final Vigilantes coverage, hopefully on July 26th. We'll see you then. See you guys. Thank you.